the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. All right, welcome to today's podcast. Today, our guest is John Lloyd. He is the president and co-founder of Fidelis Private Fund. It's a direct portfolio lender specializing in commercial and residential investment real estate loans in California. Fidelis offers investors the opportunity to invest in a pool of real estate secured loans, generating a competitive rate of return with a moderate risk and reasonable liquidity. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you here. Um, I know a little bit about Fidelis, but I'd love for our uh, listeners to know more. So tell us about the private fund and how it started and and all that good stuff. Well, just a little background on myself. I started in banking, spent about 12 years in commercial real estate lending. So I got a good handle on, you know, how to underwrite, how to generate loans. And from there, I got into private lending probably, it's been about 20 years ago, almost. Um, So I ran a fund for 12 years prior to Fidelis, a mortgage fund similar to Fidelis, where we made short-term bridge commercial real estate loans. Um, which we went through the Great Recession, no losses, no no investor lost any capital. That's great. Um, so it was very successful. And then wanted to get out on my own and start my own fund. And uh, luckily, I came across some great partners: John Maddox, <laughs> Chad Rule, who own Fund Loans, are my our co-founders with me. We started in 2019, mm-hmm. uh, and we've just been growing ever since. How big is the fund now? We're currently at 50 million, have 110 limited partners, and we're, we're growing, just looking for capital. There's a lot of good lending opportunities out there, so we need capital to take advantage of that and also just service our clients, That's making great. them, keeping them happy. And So we're in a really interesting time right now with like, uh, you know, uh, First Republic Bank going down and, yeah. you know, uh, Signature, all these, these big banks or mid-sized banks are going out of business and people are losing all their money. I mean, you know, not the depositors, but let's yeah. say like the stock is going to zero, you know, and people are kind of nervous where to put their capital. Like how is Fidelis different than like, you know, other banks and funds and things like that? And, you know, tell us about how it's backed and, and, and secure. Well, it's interesting. The, you know, the banks, it's an interesting business model because the depositors can get their deposits on demand. Right. Yet, you know they loan the money out so it's not all there so it's it's sort of a a business model that i I don't see how it can really work because every bank could could, you have a run on a bank they could all go out of business where a fund like fidelis we we protect our limited partners where a bank doesn't really protect its shareholders because Mm -hmm. they have a run on the bank they if they have a run that they have to liquidate and they may all the stockholders may lose their money. Where Fidelis, we can slowly, you know, allow the money to go out as we get the money in. So we right. can protect the integrity of the partnership by not allowing redemptions if we don't have them. Yep. As as loans, you know, we have a short term fund. So as these loans pay off, we could roll it out. So I think it's it's just matching, you know, that the short term loans are are short within a year. And so as loans roll over, we could eventually get all our redemptions, but we don't, we can't give everybody's money back because we don't have it. It's lent out. Right. Just like a bank. Right, right, right. And and so it's different than a stock. Obviously it's, it's backed by real estate. And we talked earlier about that. It's, it's backed by commercial and residential real estate. Correct. So it's like sometimes mixed use or maybe it's a bridge loan or construction loan. 
things like that. But talk about how, uh, you know, I know there's a loan loss reserve. Talk about that and maybe talk also about how um, that, uh, you know, being backed in the LTVs low would keep someone from ever losing their money. That's how you've kept like a really good reputation in the business and never losing money, right? I mean, there's because they're backed by good loans, good good real estate, good assets, right? Yeah, so just to sort of retract a little bit and start, you know, we're a limited partnership, a mortgage fund. Yep. And so we raise capital through limited partners. Um, we take that capital, we loan it out, short-term loans secured by hard assets, real estate investment yep. properties, mainly in San Diego County. Uh, we do go outside, but primarily it's it's more risky to go outside and just because we know what's in our backyard and it's it's um, we feel comfortable drive by the property yeah so it's it. it's we really feel good about staying local um you know and our mission is to help people achieve their financial goals and that's you know through funding a portfolio of diversified real estate loans that are yeah. secured by hard assets and you know with the intent to accredited investors, that's another point. We take only accredited investors, yep. but who want to preserve their capital. They want consistent, predictable returns, competitive returns, and they, they want fixed income or compound for growth. Yep. So it's, it's, that's sort of who we are in a nutshell. You know, we're currently, we're at 50 million in capital. We have 110 plus limited partners in growing. Um, and we're generating 8% plus return, which we generated from inception, and it's closer to nine now with rates going up. But it's very competitive. Southern California is the most competitive market in the country for returns. I mean, you can get, there's returns elsewhere higher in the country, but we believe there's more risk to doing those loans outside Southern California, just because especially San Diego, we're, where the market is and, and where we're located. Yeah, our values, you know, just keep keep ratcheting up, right? Like, I mean, San Diego has a lot of people moving here, a lot of people coming down from LA, from San, San Francisco, uh, and, and just it's, San Diego's a beautiful place. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I, I just think you can't get a, you can't beat San Diego as far as the location. And that way, a lot of people are here, the supply and demand, right. and rates are a little lower more competitive so but we believe we have a, a fund that is competitive in the return they're secured by you know hard real estate assets that um, and just to talk a little bit about the portfolio mm -hmm. loan to values average of 60 percent or less on average for the whole portfolio so that it's a fairly conservative um, loan to value um, and they're all properties that are mostly improved we don't do land development we don't do uh, it's all sort of infill type smaller properties our typical loan is like a hundred thousand to two million so it's a mm -hmm. smaller niche property that's easily sold it's not uh, you know these big properties or big developments so it's i think it's a it's a good market to be in that's great uh tell us what differentiates like say fidelis from say another private or hard money lender yeah i, I think the you know for a fund to be a really good fund, you have, a, have to have a good manager and a, and a management team. And right. I, I think we, we have, myself, I have over 30 years experience in lending, uh, banking experience, uh, private lending, running a fund like Fidelis. And then my general partners have experience in the mortgage industry. Uh, and so I think that management team is crucial. And I believe that that does 
differentiate us along with just um, the diversification of our portfolio. We have over 100 loans, well diversified. Um, and as far as product type as well, we're diversified. And then one thing that is unique about Fidelis is we have a loan loss reserve. And that most funds don't have it. Banks are required to have a loan loss reserve, but it's another layer of security for our investors. And I, I believe that's a benefit that a lot of people don't see initially on the competitive returns that in that return is a, is a loan loss reserve that is another protection for our investors. So go into that a little deeper. So if someone stops making a payment or how does that work? How does a loan loss reserve get used? So yeah, if, if we had to foreclose on a property and we've, you know, the loan was a million dollars, we end up selling it for 900,000, there'd be a shortfall of a hundred thousand that normally would come out of pro rata share of the capital mm-hmm. or income where we tap the reserve where no, there's no loss of capital, no loss of income. And currently we have over 2% of total assets in a reserve. That's great. And so I think it's something that um, is not publicized real well, but it's, it's in there as additional benefit. Yeah. And I think by uh, building that loan loss reserve up, that's kept maybe the return a little tiny bit lower, but at the end of the day, you know, because it's a newer fund, once that fills up, you know, once you filled up the loan loss reserve, doesn't that kick in a higher return later because you don't have to keep using the, or putting money into the loan loss? Yeah, I mean, eventually it does, but it's always going to be slightly lower because of that reserve. Yeah. But the the advantage of the fund is, is it we're not meant to be the highest generating returns for a fund because we're not taking the risk. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, and you, you got to look at, what's behind the portfolio and the assets that secure the portfolio. And, and we're, we're trying to find investors who want a predictable, consistent, competitive return, not a return that goes up and then down and up and, you know, right. consistent. Somebody can rely on, 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 the, on the fund for either fixed income or compound for growth. That's sort of our goal. That's great. And can you use... Uh like 401k or IRAs or anything like that, retirement funds to, yes. to, to put into Fidelis? Yeah, some of the benefits to our investors, one is, is yeah, you can invest in IRA, defined benefit plan, uh, profit sharing plan. So we allow those type of investments through an LLC, a corporation, trust, so an individual. So that, you know, we have some flexibility there. Um, mm-hmm. The minimum investment's 50,000, 50, okay. so it's not huge. Right. Uh, the maximum is three million. So we're we're looking for that smaller investor who wants to complement their investment portfolio with an investment in real estate, sort of a passive investment in, in Fidelis, and have it, you know, be it's a long term perspective. It's not right. we don't want we don't want an investor who's who just wants it to as a holding account for six months like before a checking they, account or something. Yeah, before they want to buy another property next month or whatever. Sure. That's not the intent. We're, the investor profile for us is who long-term perspective, preserve their capital, mm-hmm. want a consistent, predictable return yep. for for growth or just fixed income. That's great. Um, well, like, what would you say like the profile of the typical investor is? Uh, you know, they're usually, you know, they've done real estate development. They own a bunch of real estate. They're tired of managing properties they're tired of the development 
headache and they just want to collect uh, income. Either, quarterly checks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, quarterly checks or, or let their their investment grow. They don't want any hassle, but they like the idea of being secured by real estate. They know real estate. Yep. Um, and it's more of the the younger real estate guys want to go out and be doing deals and they need capital to for their next deal. Or, sure. Where a typical investor for Fidelis is they've done all that and they want to kind of want to chill. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're maybe getting close to retirement or in retirement. Yeah. They want fixed income or they just don't want the hassle. Talk about some deals that you look at. You you probably see a lot of different deals on a day-to-day basis, right? Yeah. Um what do you turn away? What do you you, you like? Like what what kind of deals do you like? Yeah, the the typical deal that we look at are added more added value deals mm-hmm. where the investor you know, where the borrower needs flexibility, creativity, and timing issues are involved. If somebody needs to close fast. How fast they, do you think you can close? We can close less than a week if we have the, you know, the title report and all right. that information available. Yeah, so we can, um, you know, I mean, the real estate's local where we know it. You know, we need to sure. be able to, to, you know, inspect the real estate. But, yeah, we can close fast. And the it's usually deals where, they're, the property's in tra- transition or they're adding units or adding value to it somehow and they're mm-hmm. getting it from you know point A to B and then they either refinance or sell as the exit strategy. Yeah. That's so good. that's that's the, the typical deal is just added value and currently we're seeing with this housing shortage, we're seeing a lot of ADUs, mm-hmm. additional dwelling units and that's been a big opportunity for us to help people capitalize on their property people that own properties that have that aren't improved to the highest and best use they come in oh we could put in a few units here we could and so they're coming to us for those type of loans because they don't want to the headache of you know going to a bank and all the bureaucracy that's involved yeah yeah you just get it done quick and you're in and out and yeah Yeah. you got your you got your money and it's it's good not a lot of people can say and have a track record like you where (laughs) They can say, "Hey, I've you know I've never ever lost a cent for an investor, and I've managed over a hundred million dollars, you know, in a fund and and through a through the crash. I went through the crash. I lost money. I had a I had a little second mortgage fund that lost money, and that was that was a terrible time. Like through through oh eight and nine, and uh, where we're like just the values just dumped and and crashed. And um, but like the track record that you had through the crash. Tell us about how that." how that happened and like kind of how you didn't didn't lose any money that that's a pretty well, cool story i think you know one we had a loan loss reserve so i learned that's that that, yeah. that we did tap the loan loss reserve so it I mean, you're going to have issues in a fund i mean through hard times yeah no, you know you're going to have loans that maybe go bad but it's it's how you manage those those loans with the borrowers and the relationships that you have and working with borrowers modifying loans and not you know, with a heavy hand coming in and foreclosing right away because that may not be the best thing to do. Sure. And working with with our borrowers, we 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 had to foreclose on a few properties and we tapped our reserve, but it nothing. The deals that that went bad or or could have gone even worse, we we modified them. We and our returns went down to like six and a quarter percent. But that's still that's still a return. And, but because we're losing it, right? Oh yeah, versus yeah. losing it. So the worst of the worst, you know, yeah, you, there's going to be issues. But 
you know, I've been through the worst, I th- believe the worst, and th- these times we're going through now are, are near are near as what we, we were going through before. Yeah. But but I think, you know, back then, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, were the business kind of dry, did it dry up? Like you weren't making new loans, were you in 08 or 09, or were you? Yeah, I mean, we. it's interesting because values dropped 50% at right. that time. And that so it's been hard to navigate. Banks like, just were scared to death. Right. And we... I looked at, I mean, the best time to lend is in a down market. Yeah. Because you're lending on values that are low and your equity just grows right, over right. time. So we took it as an advantage in these properties that were selling for, you know, these residential homes that were selling for a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. We, we were making loans as fast as we could. And those were the best loans we ever made. Oh, we, you know, then the people who stepped up had the equity to do it. Yeah, was the best investments they've ever made. Absolutely. So, I think you just got to be wise in in looking at the types of deal and the bar relationships is key in knowing your relationship. And that I'm keying on relationships is yeah. it's you know a property can have a lot of equity, but if if the relationship I'm, I don't have, feel good about the relationships, I'm I'm not going to do the deal. Yeah, that's a good strategy. Yeah. Um, tell us more about your investment strategy. You know, I just, I just think it's again going back to the relationship first. Yeah. The real estate, you know, where I, I know I can get out. You know, the our, our loans are short-term bridge loans, so we're not looking to, to hold them long. So I need to know how am I going to get out of it. Yeah. And so I always look at the deal going into it. What's the exit strategy, and how if it's a refinance, how is that going to be refinanced, and what the loan amount would be with the lender and so I work backwards to figure out what my loan should be so I know I can get out if, if it's either a sale. Um, so the strategy is, I think, is just finding loans that with good borrowers that I trust. Yep. And I know I can get out. At a, you know, the exit strategy is clear and is understandable and achievable. Yeah. So I've done a, quite a few private monies, pr- sorry, private money loans in my day. And sometimes, you know, the borrower isn't ready to pay it off, you know, in time, right? So it's like they're balloon loans. So do you have like a mechanism in there in Fidelis where you can, you know, renew the loan for another year or six months? Is it like you charge another point? Like how does that, or two points? Like Yeah, I mean, we yeah, we have loans that we have to renew. There's no question. I mean, things happen. Life happens. Like you don't file an NOD like if they... No, that, that's what I'm saying. Loan, There's yeah. no... No, I mean, we work with our borrowers and yeah, they have to pay an extension fee, but, um, you know, I haven't had any issues. I mean, I... Not that I, I'm going to have issues. You just not, you can't get away without having right. issues. Sure. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, just providing an adequate extension that, again, is looking at what's the exit, what yeah. are they trying to do, is it achievable, what they think they're going to do, and making sure that, that I match that extension with what the exit's going to be. That's good. I think in your experience being in, in the business over 30 years, that helps to, you know, your professionalism about knowing Right, like in your your your, you know your the wisdom you've g- gained over the years is like, it's priceless in this type of business because you know you can kind of see things pretty quickly versus like someone that's newer in the business may not know like there's some pitfalls that might be out there right in lending on properties and things like that. Yeah, it's like back way back when it's like put a lot of value in the appraisal. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of equity there, you know, and and yeah, that's that's a tool to use for sure, but. It's it's not the tool that drives the deal for me. It's 
it's how I feel about the borrower, how I, you know, the appraisal comes into the equation, but it's, and what the exit is and who, you know, what's their reputation and, and how, what, how do they treat people out there? Because I, probably I don't experience too, right? If they, if the borrower has experience, yeah, doing experience stuff. and just, I want to work with people that I, I'm not going to have issues with. Yeah. And it, regardless of the equity, you know, they could have a ton of equity in the deal and that, uh, we don't want to own property. That's not the intent of this fund. It's, it's to get in and out and to provide a, a competitive, good return to our investors. That's right. So just a minute ago, you mentioned something about the market and f- feeling a little bit like 08. You know, in some ways I've heard other mortgage brokers talk about, man, this is worse than 08. And I'm like, it's not really worse, but <laughs> maybe your business is drying up and stuff like that. But like, where do you think the market's headed right now? Well, I, I, th- I think it's, you know, I, I think everything's delayed you know, and I, I yeah. feel that all the news is like news from like, we kind of knew what you, you were telling it. Like we felt it back then, but the news is kind of delayed. Well, I, I just don't feel that the impact of the high rates have hit yeah. totally. So I think, I think it's going to probably, I don't think the rates are going to go down anytime soon. My, yeah. my, my, Do you think you're going to plateau? Yeah, I think they're going to plateau. And, and, and I think the economy may get a little, the effects of this, High rates are going to affect, I believe, the economy more and profits of companies. And yeah. I think you're going to see some layoffs. And I think you're going to see some more, um, you know, hopefully we don't go into recession, but we may because it's always a delayed reaction. They can't increase rates, you know, like they have five and a quarter percent in right. such a short time right. and have things not happen. And, and I think, anyway, that's, but as far as back, compared to weight i mean we did property values haven't dropped much i mean cap rates haven't really gone up much so you know the inventory's tight there was Mm -hmm. back then there was so much supply so much yeah you know and it's just a different market as far as supply and demand um so i think that in itself will keep prices fairly high just the inventory yeah so, I mean, you know, some of us remember high, high rates, like really high interest rates. First mortgages, I remember 10 and a quarter, um, but I was doing subprime. So 10 and a quarter and six points. Uh, so, some people I've heard, you know, you might, you were in the business before I was, so you probably, probably remember even higher than that. Is that right? Like, well, I'm, I mean, before I got into banking, just when I was in college, I mean, the rates were, you know, yeah. teen, in the teens. In the teens, yeah. <laughs> like, I think my parents' yeah. ha- first house they yeah. ever bought was in, like, 13% or yeah. something like that. But um, I don't see it going that you high. Think, you yeah, know. you don't think No, I, I, I think. That would, like, explode the country if, if, yeah. that, if that happened, probably. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see them going up much more. I mean, I, yeah. I think they're going to level out here and see how see how this affects this fast, these rates. I mean, it, it's back then they increased as fast yeah. back in the early eighties as they did now. Um, and it really took a toll after the fact, you know, and I, I think we haven't seen a little bit of that yet. So I think it might, the yeah. economy might get a little worse because of the fast increase in rates. Yeah. I, if the, if the housing market were to decline, what would cause that? Because like, I keep looking back to supply and demand, and that's a huge driver of the the price of of the values, right, and stability. But I, I still think like, is there something I'm missing? Like, is there is there something that could cause the the values to drop that I'm just not seeing? Because you know, I've been through 08, 
I remember it was massive supply that was huge. Mm-hmm. It was under being underwater, right? And it was this this whole chaos where that isn't what's happening now. We have high values. No one's underwater. We have historic equity in homes. So what do you think could cause any kind of drop? I mean, you always could have the catastrophe of some sort. Yeah. Disaster, swan, you like, know, that could disaster. do something. But I, I just, I mean, the banks since 08, they've, they've underwritten loans well. So there's not a lot of bad loans on the books. On Banks have good credit. There's not, uh, yeah, like you said, the supply is low. I mean, I think unemployment's a key thing. I think yeah. if, if I feel if there's a lot of unemployment, that could cause some problems. Yeah. But the you know I I don't see that right off. Um, you know, so yeah. I, I really don't see it's it's we have a housing shortage. There's a lack of housing. Yeah. Huge number of units that need to be built every year, and they're not even meeting that. Right. Uh, so I, I just think we're in a good position, San Diego especially. There's yeah. other markets in the country that have been hit harder yeah. than us um, because, again, San Diego is geographically constrained. True. There's only, you know, you can't go west, east, south, or north. Yeah. There's just, in Phoenix, you can go Austin, all these places you can go and go and go. Right. And I think that's one reason San Diego, I think, is going to remain value you know the values will will stay up there yeah that's good um do you do you know about any missed opportunities that in the uh in the mortgage industry you think uh you know the the added value deals that we're seeing i mean i I think that those are the opportunities that i see as far as missed opportunities i think taking advantage of those and these banks you know, I, I got a call from a bank that just said, "Hey, we're we're not lending right now because we need to need deposits." You know, yeah, they need reserves. Yeah. You know, so again, that's that's their business model. They they can't control the demand yeah. of deposits withdrawals, and so they have to 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 do that. But taking advantage of the the lack of inventory and supplying credit for for housing. I yep. think that's an opportunity that we're taking advantage of. And if I had more funds to do that, I would because there's such a need for it. So and you have more deals and you have the funds to, to Yeah, I mean that's yeah. we just need more capital, you know, and I that think that probably helps too with you can, you can kind of cherry pick the best deals in a way and the best borrowers, right? Is that that kind of helps in in a, it's it's a it's a double-edged sword because it helps with the the quality of the lending, but it also you're like, "God, oh, I don't want to make more loans," right? It's like yeah. So our intent, yeah, we're not, I'm not trying to grow the fund just to grow the fund. You know, I'm, sure. I'm growing the fund to help our borrowers. You know, our mission is to help people. And yeah. I want to help our repeat clients. And I want to help them when they need the next deal. I want to be there for them. And that's, you know, the reason I want to take advantage of this opportunity. And you work with mortgage brokers, right? Like a broker can bring a deal to you. And Oh, yeah. We work yeah. with a lot of mortgage brokers. So... And we protect our brokers and make sure that, you know, we don't go around the broker. We, we're definitely um, an advocate of the broker. That's good. So probably what percentage would you say deals uh, are, you know, brought to you through broker channel? Uh, 25%. Yeah. I mean, I have such an extensive relationship database. I get a lot of referrals, mm-hmm. just internal referrals. Um, and we 
we we get so much demand locally that I get brokers outside the market calling me for deals in different states, but we're just not don't have the capacity and sure. we really don't want to at this point. Um, so yeah, the local guy, local brokers um, I work with mainly. So uh, I know that you do you, Fidelis doesn't do a lot of seconds because it's just not really the model, but with the non-QM seconds, is that a good kind of piggyback onto what you're doing at all? Or do you see any kind of um, synergy with non-QM and, and private money? The non-QM market is a great source for us. So especially on, on single family um, properties, investment properties, where we get it to where it can be financed conventionally mm-hmm. or through non-QM. Um, and so, yeah, we use, we use non-QM to some extent for our, that fit a lot of our loans don't fit the non-qm model but the ones that do we definitely do yep it's good so how do you stay motivated about life and business you know sometimes you get bad there's bad news everywhere right like so how do you stay mo- motivated and i love challenges mm-hmm. and that's not only in business personal challenges i'm i'm sort of you know as far as running i run a lot yeah <laughs> that keeps me you know in keeps me uh, sane and allows me to, I don't know, gives me time out to, I, lo- I love running out in nature, trail running. So I always get out often and that helps me, um, you know, reduce the stress and time to think. And, you know, that's, that's pretty. And then just health wise, I think as I'm getting older, I just, that's all we have really. We have our, we have to keep care of ourselves so we can help other people. And right. so that's my focus is uh, keeps me motivated to be healthy and so I can help be here and help other people. That's good. Um, any shout outs to someone that's helped you on the lo- along the way? Yeah, I've got a lot of people that have helped me <laughs> along the way. <laughs> um, like, I don't want to just yeah, say one, right? Yeah. So I, you know, I've got a lot of mentors throughout, you know, in the banking industry. In fact, some of my, few limited partners that I have in Fidelis have, that know me for 35 plus years and they were there when they, they helped me in the banking business when I first started. So yeah, I've, um, and I'm just blessed to have good partners like John Maddox here <laughs> and Chad Rule and mm-hmm. Sam Atisha. Sam's a, a great benefit to the fund as well. He's a real estate investor and entrepreneur. And so I think having the, you know, it's not, Fidelis isn't about me. It's about my team and sure. the management team that we have collectively, the experience we have. Uh, we, we, we can benefit a, a lot of investors through our, our experience. And, and that's, that's one th- takeaway I wanted to leave is, is with our investors that, that the management of the fund is, is crucial to the success. And also, um, these general partners that I've been talking about, we have a vested interest in the fund because we have our own money in the fund. Right. We have over 10% of the total capital of our own money in the fund. So we, we, we we're believers. Yeah, we're believers. <laughs> so, you know, I think yeah, we're lucky it's, to be, not, it's uh, not just me out there trying to get capital. It's my own money. Yeah. It's my future I'm managing. And so I want to make sure that I have it and it's yeah. there. And so, that's that's a key benefit that's great yeah i i believe in you john it's been a it's been a good run so far and i mean even even when things get kind of 
crazy in the market. It's like I just see, you know, you you're always in that office just on the phone and you have business rolling in and you know, obviously the the referrals speaks volumes of you know of what you've done over the years. So I think that's amazing. Uh, and just being able to see that return every, you know, every quarter, just inch up, inch up. Um, obviously, everyone wants high, higher and higher returns, yeah. but not at the, you know, the the sacrifice of security or, or having a good, solid fund, you know. So I, I, I'm i a huge believer, and that's why I got my money in yeah. it. So yeah. any any other additional benefits from the fund? Yeah, I mean, you've got that minimum investment of 50000 which is, you know, allows people to get in. Um, and again, it's accredited investors. You have to have a million dollar net worth outside your house as a credit investor. Um, but just just being able to get in at fifty thousand, and there's a one year commitment. You can't, okay. you know, this isn't meant again to a short term sure. checking account, high interest checking account. It's meant more of a longer term investment. Um, and then just having the money always reinvested. A lot of investors and trustees. They'll they'll invest in a trustee and it'll pay off. They'll get their money back, and then they got to find another one. Right. It may be double digit returns, but by the time they get it in and out, sure, their yeah, returns. That, you, never, you don't think about that, right? Yeah. 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 You, so always getting put ten, your money back in your checking account, and then that's giving you nothing. And so then you know you got to wait another three months to find another deal. Then you lost three months of that return. So it averages out, you know, way lower than you think. Yeah. So I think just being reinvested all the time—that's our responsibility. You don't have to worry about that. So uh, that's that's a benefit, and just the diversification of the the number of loans and and the type product type. We you know do multifamily, single family, uh, some commercial retail. Um, office industrial so it's a variety of product types so it's well diversified um and it's again in the end just to hit that you can invest your own your ira money yeah again is is an advantage take advantage of that and it's a good tax benefit yeah. for sure so I, I think uh just and it's also you know again uh, the acceptable liquidity we are it's a short-term fund and the loans are short-term so they roll over with average loan rolls over less than a year. So, you know, it's it's um, it's acceptable liquidity from an investor standpoint. That's good. And a lot of your investors uh, are also customers, right? They they borrow too. So, like you, you might have someone that is a borrower but is also an investor. In yes. Yeah, I have several that are both. Yeah. So you can invest your money in the fund and also be a borrower too. So that's yeah. cool. So, if a broker wants to reach you to either put money in or to just do a deal, like how do they how do they reach yeah, out? Yeah, our our website fidelispf.com is probably the best place. Most the most resources. You can always call me on my cell phone seven zero two three seven nine three four six eight. Cool. Or and just talk to John or Chad or and they they can get me. So we yeah. have a great team, uh, Fidelis, that is here to help. It's awesome. Cool. Well, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening and thanks okay. for uh, coming on the show, John. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. See you on the next podcast. The Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast.